Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out You guys see the new Bond movie? No. no. The only thing I would it's, watch James Bond for now is the chicks, the clothes, and the cars. Uh, the the chicks, the clothes, and the cars don't disappoint in this one. Nor it's, should they. But there's, the, yeah. there, there, I never know what happens out of a James Bond film. I get so confused. Yeah. It, 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 there's a basic formula. It's always Bond is either brought out of retirement or forced out of retirement or forced back <laughs> into the game forced because there's somebody's doing something that's going to destroy the world and he has to save the world and along the way he drives cool cars he dresses cool he drinks a lot he meets a couple super sexy girls one of which is probably we don't know about her intentions but she and has then, a very suggestive name yeah like and a then lot we of vagina. uh <laughs> Is Holly Go Lightly a Bond girl, or is that a porn name? I don't know. I don't, I've I, never I, heard I of her. That, that's not suggestive enough for Bond, I don't think. <laughs> you always have to think about the song, too, because, like, you know, the Bond songs. The guitar thing? Or do you mean the, no. Well, no, no, you not that. Da, See, I, da, da, yeah, you don't da, always have to think da, da, about them, but they're there. I think it's become a thing. It's, like it has. Adele, that theme is better the theme, than The theme song. is constant. Yeah, the theme is great. Um, but the, the the you know they've made the song kind of a big thing like Adele did Spectre and what Billie it? Eilish was it did Duran this one. Duran was it like View to a Kill or something? I yes. feel like that was all right. Something yeah, it's yeah. always a thing. They make they make a point to like ask someone super popular to do it. Yeah, well, the Billie Eilish song I, I thought the reason I asked was the Billie Eilish. I thought it was just way too low energy. Yeah. to be a Bond song. As a side note, Josh, just tying it in other conversations we've had, uh, Billy Reed, the clothing company. That that's the last couple uh, peacoats that he's worn are Billy Reed peacoats. Really? And what's cool is Bond. He's, yeah, because what's cool, at least a couple, like maybe four or five years ago, I don't know if it's the same. But, Shout out Billy Reed. Right, totally. And what's really cool is like the, he ended up wearing it in the scene because he just showed up to set wearing it, and the you know, wardrobe was just like, no, really, you're good. I love I love Billy Reed. It's great I, stuff. Yeah, it's very. I cool. get a lot of my clothes from there when nice. they're on sale. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this week I want to talk about crooners and rock crooners we're going the opposite from what your voice sounds like now jonathan what do you mean i, I sound like i could croon i'll sing yeah. you josh yeah. well, I, scratchy croon. I, don't know, I don't know if laryngitis is good for for crooning i thought i had immunity but i think i had a breakthrough case of the rock and roll pneumonia and the boogie wee flu at the same time <laughs> it's like a double i can't, i spend so much time in these 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 locations i thought i would develop those it, both I think, don't sound good but but they feel pretty good i don't i don't feel too bad i just feel like <laughs> you, i'm turning you, into an old dude, real quick. I'm Benjamin Buttoning the shit here, <laughs> or reverse Benjamin, Benjamin Velcro. I don't know what it is. The reverse but, Benjamin Button. Uh, <laughs> it's like I think I did a 360 AKA on this one. Aging. Yeah, I, I did a 360 on it there. So, so I think when when I think of crooner, obviously, you know, you think Sinatra. I think is the first name that comes to mind. Correct. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. Being being Crosby, maybe if you're even older. Um, yeah, the, basically the, anyone the, from that era. The, cro- yes. the croon hounds, they might be known as. Croon hounds. Croon hounds. I mean, you know, the they're, they're dogs. Well, I would say that as croon croon dog. became, <laughs> the, like the, <laughs> that's croon a, that's croon a dog. fine croon dog. dog. Yeah, right there, I tell you. 
It sounds like a a really redneck fair uh, food. Like, yeah, but croon, also, I'll take a croon dog. <laughs> two, two, Double fried croon dogs. powder sugar. Two, two, two croon dogs <laughs> and, a, uh, and a Mountain Dew. Croon dog. <laughs> a Mountain Dew and a can of snuff. What's so funny is when you say redneck, it actually just sounds like everything I've ever been to. So I guess that <laughs> yeah, kind of right. puts me in You mean regular? But, Dude, <laughs> Just I, I, to this day, I will say the Yazoo County Fair in Mississippi is the greatest fair in the world. It's Better than still, the world's still rock and I went to one of the world's fairs, actually. Really? Like, I was like In the four. 80s? Yeah. Is that, is, that's like the last time that one happened, right? I think they just couldn't do without me after that. <laughs> Where was it? Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. interesting location. It's something I have to say. I'm like Knoxville, fair. Tennessee. Not Knoxville. <laughs> Knoxville, fucking Knoxville Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> 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 you got to specify as many syllables as possible. Well, moving into the South from and croon hounds, oh, I, croon I mean, I would right. say like your your first kind of taste of a rock and roll crooner would be Elvis, right? Sure, yeah. At first, for, for sure, I would say that follows like right into like say the Righteous Brothers, because those dudes yeah. can they got that low end baritone, and you can make a case that Roy Orbison clearly has those. Roy kind of moves in and out though. He's like he's crooning sometimes, and then sometimes he's he's rocking. There's a guy um, I got one before before that predates Elvis, I think with a big Joe Turner, he's saying mm. like, um, and you can make a case that, um, what's his name? Um, from new Orleans, uh, blueberry. Oh no. Oh, fast Domino. Yeah. You can make it. That's fine. Domino yeah. has that kind well, of voice. It's very laid back and just, I want you to know. Well, that, it's then we're going into, what's the difference between like a piano bar and a lounge, you know, saying like well, a, somebody a playing a piano. Playing, and that's what well, I'm saying. It's of that essence. Yeah. And two, you mentioned Orbison and Elvis, I think Isaac is a great one, Chris Isaac, who we've talked about. Like uh, he more just, modern. Yeah. He's not like a retro <clears throat> version of those guys. So it has to do with your attitude and like phrasing almost, just the kind of oh, the yeah. way you sing. It's not even the notes you're hitting. It's just the, the swagger you put on it. But it's almost a lazy way of singing. Well, but, but here's the thing. You got to be goddamn good at singing to do it because you got to have really you can't, good You cannot tone. fuck up a note. You got to have great tone and great. It's hard to be it that It sounds chill. easy, though. Well, yeah. yeah. It sounds it like, oh, I can know fucking talk, sing, do that shit. Well, so, Michael yeah. Jordan makes dunking from the free throw line look <laughs> yeah. easy. Just jump from the free well, throw line, put it in the fucking basket. I mean, that's why I think somebody somebody like David Bowie's so impressive, because David Bowie definitely can croon yeah, in some of his sure. so I got one. I got songs. one to tie to, um, Elvis, well, let's say the, the croon hounds to uh, <laughs> Bowie and those guys with Elvis is a guy like Bobby Darren, who I fucking adore. Like I like mm-hmm. him as much as any of the crooners. And another one you may not think about, but it's really there. Morrison, yeah. Now he's sure. not. He sang Absolutely. like that. He really, well, and it's really cool that he with a bluesy rasp. Yeah, like and, and like I said, the attitude and the swagger. He just he's he's crooning psychedelic fucking madness. That's what's know? so <laughs> sick about it. That's why I, like they're such an American band. Like they. So they he's, really a, he's a trippy. Um, he's a trippy crooner. This might be a stretch, but a cheesy crooner into the eighties. Uh, Eddie Money gets his croon on from time to time sure uh, well it's, that may be it's too like pop rock. but the well, way, like Joel? i said the swagger and the way he sings like the baby hold on to me and like it definitely has a lot of like sugar like on me. it i sound like fucking I think, I think billy joel is it's a little like i would kind of push back on that yeah. and fats just in terms of they're like in the pian like elton john ray charles they're more kind of I don't know if they're lounge. Ray Charles probably more well, than any I mean, of them could billy be joel a literally singer. served as a lounge well, singer and obviously Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. Rod has crooned into his his late years. Rod is the ultimate croon hound. He's a fucking English croon hound. If you look it up in the dictionary, he's a croon to genarian. He has that specific hair thing happening that is 
always found on the purest of fucking English. He's, he's been he's been like taken to court. I guess him and his son beat the crap out of some security guard at a club New Year's really? like two years ago. Hey man, yeah. Kroonhound's gonna be a Kroonhound. What can you do about it? Kroonhound's gonna hound. Yeah. Um, I, oh, oh, oh. I, I mean, Tom, we're missing Tom Jones. Which oh, I was is just about like to say Tom Jones. Quintessential rock crooner. You know. <laughs> what do you think? Nobody about croons okay, like let, Tom let's Jones. Have a couple minutes conversation about Tom Jones here. Um, what do you have you heard? When I think of Tom Jones, I think of Hey Pussycat, which is fucking nauseating. It is. And I think of, what's his other ones? It's not on you. It's probably the most famous. <laughs> to one. be loved by anyone. <laughs> no, so here's the thing. He has some trippy shit that's pretty good, too, that's like mm-hmm. kind of like B-side. I don't, Tom know, Jones. I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready for psychedelic Jones at this point. But check this out. So two things about Tom Jones. A, I studied in Spain at one point, and... Uh, over there in the clubs, he had the song called Sex Bomb that was like wildly popular. And he was like 62 and still Tom Jones looking and was like crazy. All these hot you know, fucking club hot. chicks getting down Tom Jones, which is crazy. People like that. People like that curly chest hair and that sweaty. I mean, better than straight. Right, than. He's, he's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I would showy. even say somebody. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I would even say somebody like David Byrne. It croons in a, in a certain way and like his own way. But like I could see him as a lounge act. He's more like in another I call him another like world. Crooney tunes, because he's so I think it's all the medicine I'm taking. And then one more I'd mention, which is more modern days, Father John Misty. I saw him at the Wilton a few years back, and I mean he basically does a lounge act for his show. He's like dressed up. He's got the shirt unbuttoned. He's just really crooning across the stage and, and using it. it yeah, I'm yeah. His last album was kind of like a, a lounge act in space or something. Also, the Arctic Monkeys later stuff got into a little bit of that. Kind he of stuff. veers into the croon a little and, bit. He, he embraces it though, and it's fun. You know, Julian Casablanca is kind of croons. Yeah, like that's kind of the way he sure. sings too. It's well, yeah, because it's lazy. It's just over top of heavy, faster music. Well, he's more of the Lou Reed. I'm just going to say it and not give a shit kind of. That's not exactly crooning. He's, he, he's not resonant enough. Like on someday, that someday is definitely a croon. Yeah, some of their some of their more ba- ballady tunes mm-hmm. are, are, are but like crooners. On, um, so uh, what is that? What is that Lou Reed tune though about? Um, it's such a perfect day. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes, so that, that is definitely that's, a croon. That's a little. That's street, let's call that street crooning because it just it it's fucking you. dirty and street croon, <laughs> street croon dog. And and on that note, uh, we. We are talking about croon dogs and croon hounds and loony croons because this week we are discussing <laughs> Neil Diamond's Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon from his 1967 album Just For You, released on Bang, written by Neil Diamond and produced by Jeff Berry and Ellie Greenwich. Girl, you'll be a woman soon. So I, unlike, I think a lot of people, definitely first heard this in the original form, the Neil Diamond form. <laughs> in the original form. Yeah, yeah in, the, <laughs> in its original form. In its original form. I, I, I'm pretty sure my mom had a Neil Diamond's greatest hit. So like, I, you know, Red, Wet, Wine, and I'm a Believer, and Cherry, Cherry, and this song was on there. And, you know, and I always loved the song. I always loved Neil Diamond, you know, as melodramatic as it could be. Also love them Pulp Fiction, the Urge Overkill version. It's such a like tight, unique, creative little tune from a guy who obviously is a master songwriter. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those songs you hear not often, 
and, and you think, God, that's a that's a great tune, especially in his version, like that doo wop kind of early '60s pop sound, and his delivery is uh, great for what this song like, is. Do you like just side question? Do you like Neil Diamond singing? I do. I think he's like a pop crooner. Like he's mm-hmm, like the the, ex- I, I the evolution I, I, of like I, I, Sinatra, I I you know. Curious. I was just curious. And there's like a dark innocence to this song. Oh my Christ, that's very strange. But the, mm-hmm. but the, but honestly, the whole song is catchy. You know, I mean, you walk away from it, you're not just like, girl, you'll be a woman. And like, there's so many memorable parts to the song. It's not like one thing is catchy. It's like the whole song is fucking a hook. It's almost like there's like multiple parts of the song that create like one collage of pop melodrama that works really well. I feel like what you just said was a collage of pop melodrama that works reasonably well. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. As a critique on that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great tune. I think it, it feels insightful. It feels like the narrator has inside knowledge that you wouldn't expect him to have, or at least maybe I wouldn't have. It's almost like he's like a yeah. secret voice within someone's, and then there's a da 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 and it's so like mm-hmm. just symbolic of all the chaos of bullshit, but then like secretly you know you're a fucking adult, and you'll be an adult, because like that song, what is it, fucking um, Tonight We Are Young, and I was like, I was always like, this is such a piece of shit song, because no one Fun walks around. is the band. Right? No one walks around thinking how young they are. Yeah. It's fucking, and then he's like, "Yeah, I wrote that I was like thirty-five. So he's like, I can tell it's fucking bullshit because no one walks around. But this is the thoughts of it. This is the real th- thoughts of a young person because it feels like it's all about but maturity the and part reach, of a. But it's reaching for maturity. It, it, it's reaching for other things you can't have, and it, it's like a narrator. Well, in interesting. There. Okay, I feel like he's also telling the girl like, "I know more than you." Like. You'll With both, one. it's yeah. right, right. But it's, there, there's a grooming aspect to this song. Oh, there is. That's there, a little creepy. Yeah, it's, it's fucking De Niro and Cape Fear with in the fucking in the scene of <laughs> Juliet Lewis and the fucking Tropic of Cancer. Oh, right, good right. God. No, it is that though. It's the Big Bad Wolf kind of. But he's a, but he's a little slimy fucker in the song about it because he's clearly trying to get laid out of it. <laughs> but it's effective and it's insightful and it's there's a charisma to it. That's not easily attained. Yeah. Yeah. And Josh, like you said, he's just such a good songwriter. It's, it's one of those songs that doesn't sound like there was no kind of like roadmap for the, like, it's, it's just a piece of art. It sounds so good. It's very unique, but I think that's more of like the delivery and the production and like the pauses and the, the, the different kind of way that they're doing that stuff. I, I don't, I disagree with you, Jonathan, in terms of it's a narrator, like reaching for adulthood. I, it's coming from adulthood talking to a younger audience uh, and that's the why it's kind of like creepy but, but the in, like, man is almost ironic it's almost tongue-in-cheek it's almost like this is what society it's like he's playing the role of society maybe uh, well the in story is he way. wrote this for his because he had so many teenage fans at this point and so when you read that and you're like, oh, you wrote this for the girls who are going to be women soon? Is this like an empowerment song or is this like eventually I will be there for you? But not now. Yeah. Not yet. Coming yeah. You'll need a man, years. but for now, take my hand. But <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let's just get into it. So the line, girl, you'll be a woman soon. 
is problematic yet also super memorable and catchy. Well, the because of the melody is done here. I'm sure he wasn't trying to write this song to be to be like viewed that way. Who knows? It was the '60s. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> but, legal. but cats and you, dogs. You can frame the whole song in something that's not quite as creepy. Just some like. A couple in their twenties or someone, you know, like because you're still he's not talking. It's not I, you know what you know, I know. You know I mean, I, he's talking about girls that are going to be women soon. You know who I yeah. see in my mind when I hear this song outside of the Uma Thurman is I see. I, I never really even watched Dirty Dancing, but I see Jennifer Grey in Dirty Dancing where it's that like it's right on the edge <laughs> of a change, and mm. it's right fucking yeah. there, and you can see it. So it, you don't know what it is. It may not be illicit. No, it's not. It's subtext. It's like you're you haven't like I'm mature. You aren't yet. It really doesn't have to. And do in that with case, age. it's real creepy. But no, no, like I'm mature and you haven't become that yet. But take but my thing, hand. Well, but the yeah, thing but is take my hand ha- is where it goes. But if she has it, then he has no business having this conversation with her. Yeah. Well, not in the sixties. Not, not <laughs> and, in the sixties, right? And everyone wrote these kind of songs. He has many of them. Sweet Caroline, like it's it's kind of well, that is problematic. That it's a pattern. But but if you think at that time, I mean, you think about the pop music that was going yeah. on then. Like think about Chuck Berry. He was in his mm-hmm. fucking twenties. He's talking about he's singing. The pop songs were for teenagers. Like they and and Neil Diamond is a songwriter. He could be singing to a nineteen-year-old virgin in college. Yes, like absolutely in this day and age, right? Like we're not talking. He's not singing to a fourteen-year-old necessarily. Maybe back in the sixties. But that's what I'm saying. Like in his day and age, because he probably went to college in '63, Animal House era. Like fucking. This is '67 when this comes out. Right. So and he's a couple years older. So it's it's a different time. It's like. And and is is he is he making a joke that you'll need a fucking man or. Is it just is this just emble- was it emblematic of fucking society's pressure or is is he does he have an angle? Is no, he trying to get he, laid he out? He wants of it? yes, it, like well, kind wait. of. But like what you were saying, he was he's a songwriter. He was like, what do the people want? They want yeah this. Like he might he probably was just trying to write. I don't know a catchy. Song. I mean, it, it goes all the way to like the eighties with uh, what was it? Warren. She's only seventeen. We can't compare Warren and fucking just because. Well, it went. It, <laughs> I mean, it kept going but, to King Leon. Right? Write these songs to, to a certain audience. I mean, pop music is geared to like seventeen and under. The origins of why they're all no, 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 no. I'm just saying pop music is geared to under That's seventeen. Fair. That's yeah, we're trying to you know, take so, a little bit of the blame of how bad it is. On but him. but well, it's not necessarily bad. But right. to move away from like kind of the the dark innocence, as I so dark innocence, as I said so well, it sounds like um, a fucking feminine hygiene spray. <laughs> dark innocence. I've been misunderstood for all of my life, but with the same girl, just cuts like a knife. The boy's no good. The, the, the reason this song is memorable, not get past the Pulp Fiction scene. Right. Okay. Get past the overdose scene where Travolta goes to the bathroom and the, Uma. The scene you're trying us to get past. Is doing the thing. Oh, right. And this comes out. The reason this song is memorable and great, in my opinion, is that you don't really need to to think about the context of what he's saying. Even though when you do, it's it's a little weird. It's all about that, that flamenco guitar. Boom. Dun, dun, you know what that dun. sounds like? I thought of. I never quite nailed it until just now. I was thinking of it. It's fucking Ennio Morricone. The fucking yes, 
It's very like spaghetti western, and then it moves into It's very spaghetti western. But other than that, what is this sound? It's kind of like it has like rockabilly, surf, spaghetti western, just that mysterious kind of. Well, see, it's hard because I've heard the and now now you'd say just Tarantino esque almost that surf rocky kind of like. It's hard to get past the Tarantino version of it, but the producers who are Jeff Barry and Ellie Greenwich. This was a duo that did like a do run, 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 and like be my little baby right, right, and all that yeah. stuff. They wrote all these songs. They're producing it like that, and you can hear that it's coming from that early '60s well, kind of yes pop. Ten, I mean, you know, he's sure. a Tin Pan Alley writer, but he's coming from that. Younger yes, people. and oh. they infuse that into this song. Yeah, it's like, of that ilk. But well, if you listen to the song, like that, there's three like succinct parts, right? There's the there's a girl. Dun, 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 mm-hmm. You'll be a woman, and then same note. So, and that's kind of the rockabilly. What was the guy, uh, the like heartthrob at the time? Dion, Ricky, or was it Ricky uh, Newman <laughs> or Ricky Nelson? Ricky Nelson. <laughs> that's what I saw earlier. The Stone Canyon Rangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like Ricky, no, yeah, yeah, Ricky yeah, Nelson, Nelson. Like it's very Ricky Nelson, but at first it's like this weird. Flamenco kind so of. This yeah. is like the dark flamenco crooning. Like you just said, and then it's like, but then there's like this pause, and it's like, he's not your kind. Like this crooner, like melodramatic, like because he's the anti-hero. Yes, right. He he's the victim here. He he almost turns it. Kinda. He's the rebel. He's a rebel without a cause. He's a rebel. Yes, but the cause is he wants to try to get laid. That's always the cause. By an underage girl. That's always the cause. That's going to be a woman soon. Well, it's soon so it's almost it, like he's it, trying to rationalize like, himself. you'll like, be a woman in about 15 minutes. <laughs> soon you'll be a man. Oh my God. My but but like saying, taking like, like this song versus like, and then he kissed me, which is very innocent. And right. then this song is like, girl, you'll be a woman soon. It's, kind of, I, it's very like back alley, like Tin Pen Alley. Back alley, yeah, you know, that's but very the catchy. That's, that's the one that the, the, the girls like, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, "Ooh, I will be exactly. a woman soon. I will take <laughs> yeah, your hand, Neil Diamond." Exactly. He, he's like got the, the the shirt unbuttoned, the chest hair is coming out. Yeah, he's that's like, right. "Girl." You mentioned earlier, like, do you like the way he said, like this song, the way he delivers? I like he's how he sings in general. I, 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 I do too. I don't know if I want to hear him sing other song, other people's songs or not. No, no, no. What he does, like, like we said, he's like an evolution of Sinatra and Dean Martin and all he's those so like, dramatic. Crooners. He's like come. It's like the forties yeah, went well, into the sixties, and it's also like almost um, like show music in a way. Like, yeah, like all of his yeah. stuff is kind of like for a play. This play, like, like, yeah, it's like know? a big. Yeah, you're right. Like a stage, but then, but it's then not like we, a bar. Like you're not. It's not necessarily a bar. It's, it's at least yeah. This, well, yeah, this, just very yeah. theatrical and just like showy. And, right. Yeah. It's like fucking Liberace or Wayne Newton. But I'm gonna find. Don't let them make up your mind Don't you know, girl This, and I'm not sure, maybe you guys can, can clarify this for me. Like, it almost <laughs> seems like the pace changes. Like, there's, like, mm-hmm. changes in pace that dictate Tempo. the song. Tempo, yeah. Well, I, mean, I, does think, it go, I don't girl, know how to answer that. I think, I think it's worth, yeah, because... You'll be a woman... It's the accents are changing, but the way they're arranging it the way they're... makes it think. <laughs> it makes you think that. 
Yeah. Because the accents. But I love how it also has such a 60s singer-songwriter, like, acoustic vibe to it. You know, you can tell this was, like, written on a guitar, and they just threw all this stuff yeah. in. Well, is, um, that, is that a flamenco guitar? No. No, it's just acoustic 60s but stuff. But there's two, because, yeah. like, the beginning, like, you have that, it's like... like a, it's blum, a, you hear it kind, of, it's kind, of, kind of arpeggiated, but like yeah. But, but then there's two different acoustic guitars going through the song. They're, they're, well, no, there's chink, electric. Chink, chink, that chink chink that there's, comes in. There might they, be two okay, acoustics okay, okay. and an electric. Let, let, let's let's hash this out. Flamenco is a s- style of Spanish guitar playing, and they they often rake the strings right. like that. That's okay. it. And on a nylon, right? On a nylon string guitar, but and like, they're not doing that here. I mean, no. no. It's, I think I think you're just hearing that the Morricone. Which okay. is actually yeah, Italian yeah. spaghetti western. But yes, yes, but back then, to yeah. the spaghetti western. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the, well, what you're hearing there that makes you think that is that it's playing with a, within a minor scale. It's inherently like mysterious and. Dark but then they come in with sexual. that weird rhythm. It's like. But the whole song is all about syncopated kind of like the yes. piano doing like bam bam like what you're saying. Just like there's so much syncopated rhythms and kind of counter melodies like playing with each other. Yeah, it makes so much sense. So like with within the context of what he's saying there. Because he's like, I don't even know what he's saying, but he's just all the. Yeah, it's like, it, it, there's some urgency. The melody almost forces the rhythm, well, yeah, I think. But the, and there's not even a melody. It's all the same exactly, note. Exactly. That, that's the rebel without a cause. Like, I love you so much. You can't tell on the ways I love you. All I can say And it's also very production play. But then exactly. it changes. But then it like, just, I mean, the motion changes. The boy's no good. <laughs> it, it's, it, that's it, why he does it. He breathes, then he drops it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, well, the only time that you hear like flourishes, really, I mean, there are is a lot of piano stuff going Holy on throughout fucking it. fucking shit. You know what this is? This is a sales technique where you say your piece and then you stop fucking talking. And whoever speaks next loses. And that's what this is. <laughs> Wait, the pod or the song? Everything. No, but the song. Because he's like, he's like, girl, you'll be. And then he, he, it makes his case and then he drops it and he's like, Presumptively he's not closing. your kind. That's what he's doing. Oh, that's, that's great. What, that's what this song is. Uh, this is Don Draper. But the only flourish you really hear is the um, when he goes, "Come take my hand," and there's like this guitar. Like, yes, I want to talk about that. And it's great. I, it's I love great, it. It's um, great, but it's kind of out of tune, and it's way up in the mix. Like I, I like it. I think it's cool. It's like. Tune? I think a little bit, yeah. I'm not sure if he wrote that or how that was, how that came about, but someone was passionate. They're so like, this is passion. definitely go. Turn it up. Turn it up. Come take my hand, girl. So, so when I looked, yeah, in, when I looked into this song to see who played on it, it basically just says he played everything. <laughs> this is probably the Wrecking Crew. No, well, no, 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 no. This is New York. So it's not the Wrecking Crew. Oh, really? Yeah, he's he's Tim Pan Alley, like with Paul Simon, Carol King. I don't know what like, he recorded though. So there's a guy named Artie Butler who who played the keys. And that's the only other person that I found that could have played on this song. I, I, I don't know how accomplished of a guitar player is. I mean, there's nothing in there crazy technique yeah, I mean, or anything. It, it's a pretty simple song. It's, it's not, more about the, the, the just the changes and the spacing right. and like how they the decide to do the arrangement. Right. Which I kind of feel. I don't know how much of that was him and how much was Greenwich. And, According well, to him, it's fair. But I would, him. I would say the 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 core of the whole song is already there. Like the arrangement is, I mean, it's cool, but I don't think right. it, it, it adds too much. It's already such a great song. Well, well, okay. So if you're just thinking about the Urge Overkill song, then yes. But the the Neil Diamond song, the production is so key. 
and how it sounds. It has that kind of late 50s rockabilly feel, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. more what year was pop. This? 67. The 67? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Pretty crazy. Basically, Urge Overkill just kind of did a alt well, rockabilly version of it. Couldn't I couldn't think of anything um, that, that did this before he did, that had this kind of like rockabilly western I, I would say it has a little roy orbison in it yeah yeah like a also, little bit with yeah. like with got a, a different kind of it. got a little roy in it <laughs> yeah you got a little roy in it yes for sure munson well <laughs> but he he took like it's like roy but a little more creative and kind of like yeah experimental but so, so, so jonathan what's your favorite part of the song just that dramatic intro Said, I mean, I do love it when it comes in with the vocals. It's very frantic and it feels like a art deco. Like you could just see like the hands and the lights and the fucking distractions all yeah. coming at you. Um, but that opening, that it's it's almost like pop Neo Morricone. It's and which yeah. is fucking dope. Which is which great. I love that yeah. shit. Uh, Neil, what what would you say is your favorite part of the song? Well, what we've been talking about, just the overall kind of vibe and attitude in the song. And with that said, right when it kicks in, when all the music comes in, like right after the girl. Yeah, I I, I do love the like the boys no good. Yeah, I was gonna say the boys. <laughs> I mean, no like because he says it with he's like not such your kind. It's almost like he's winking at the young yeah, girls. Yeah, he's, like, he's trying to say, because I'm a bad boy. It feels bad like, boy. This feels like fucking Sinatra being like, when I was 17, <laughs> well, the girls with turtlenecks and bullshit and well, whatever the fuck I was feeding them. It feels like that a bit. Like It feels like he's that guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, the one problem I, I have with the song in both the Neil Diamond version and the Urge Overkill, the solo break is just like there to have a solo break. Like yeah. it's it's all strings in the Neil Diamond it's, version, it's and the Urge cool, Overkill though. is just kind of like nothing. Um, there's some cool stuff going on there. It's not just kind of like strings over the melody or rhythm. Like it at works. least it's something yeah, yeah. new. It it's works like for the melodrama, but it's just I don't. Um, it almost makes it feel like a loungy, soapy. But it's kinda... really good. It's one of my favorite parts. It is actually. cool. Ba, ba, da, da, da. Like I could see it on like a love boat or something. Yeah, well, it's was... part of just the drama. So this reached number 10 on the pop charts, and then it became a thing again in 94 with the release of Pulp Fiction, mm -hmm. which, Jonathan, you've already said, the Urge Overkill version kind of made it now. So you only know that version, you said? I mean, I knew his Neil Diamond song, but I haven't really sought out his, his you know, the original very, very often. Yeah, the 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 cover, unlike the UB40 cover of Red Red Wine, yeah, the Urge Overkill version was sufficient. I, I'm not even sure if I would have known this was Neil Diamond, really, before I picked it. I mm -hmm. think I probably saw it on like. The, I mean, it makes sense. You I didn't wasn't know? surprised. You'd never heard the Neil Diamond. If version someone asked me who wrote that song, I might come to Neil eventually. But uh, Mrs. Me Wallace. So. I mean, uh, it's, I wouldn't have known except for looking it up because of that movie. Yeah. It sounds like, I mean, and there again, I don't want to be biased by what I know of the guy, but like, you know, I, I just imagine him in a fucking like, like Warren Beatty. I imagine this guy is Warren fucking Beatty. Probably you know, not getting laid as much. No one got laid, laid, <laughs> laid that much. He's very Manilow-ish, right? <laughs> but he's somewhere between, yes. he's fucking Warren Manilow. <laughs> 
Warren Manilow. <laughs> Neil Warren Manilow <laughs> Diamond. But he, cause, uh, he went to school on a fencing scholarship, which is... Where? Sweet. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Like <laughs> We couldn't even afford those <laughs> words when I was growing up. <laughs> We're getting a four of them words. <laughs> is fencing. he good at making fences? <laughs> another, another thing I'll say about this, this is a very urban song. This does yes. not feel like... This is not in, in the country, because in the country this... Hmm. There's a whole I don't, different I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think my Mimi was hearing this in 1967 and well, being like, mm, love, mo- love me some Neil Diamond. My mom may sure. have. Somebody yeah, was. Yeah. My mom was. I mean, I think this 15, works in though. the country. My well, mom was 15, though. No, I'm she was going to be a woman I soon. I think in the city, <laughs> no, I mean, the, perspective the girls of, would be like, yeah, I know. Get, no, get but, out of here. But the man. perspective of the writer is definitely like, this is like, it, it applies, I think, it's universal. I mean, I, I think it's great. But like, I, I do feel like this is a. A studied, once again, that's what I'm saying. It feels like college. It feels educated. It doesn't feel casual and down home. It feels like someone wrote this to appeal to a certain audience. Maybe, but it's not down home. No, 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 it's not. It's not down home. It's it's a well-written song with some memorable lines where the lyric as a a whole is, it's fine. Which sounds like a review of a guy... Trying to get laid. I mean, but yeah. like just it. the girl, you'll be a woman soon. Is I mean, but is sometimes it, but the is best the, lyrics are sitting right in front of you. But, but is it the line or is it the delivery? And the I think delivery. it's the delivery. It yeah. is, but oh, it's, good. it's it's a little bit of both because it is a good line. It's a very obvious kind of of course, yes. But when it's you sing it that way, though. it makes a lot more. Sense. A lot of folks don't have the the fucking balls yeah. to make a statement like that. It's a bold statement. But this song is all delivery and arrangement. Hmm. Some might say that this song is all vibe. No, I think it's all narrative. No, I don't, I don't, there's nothing to do with vibe. You don't think it has anything to do with vibe? No. Short story. I think. No. I think it's vibe time. I think. I think. Cue the music in uh, three, two. I'm just a vibe to you. One. You picking up good vibrations? Say you picking up good vibrations. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. Good vibrations. Neil, when do you want to hear this song? Um, I want to hear it at an after party. Um, I think that's the best kind of like just late at night after midnight. When when there's some young girls around that you want to hit on? Or my wife. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear it at a bat mitzvah. Yeah, uh, Jonathan. When do you want to hear the song? It's so well placed. I mean, in the in Pulp Fiction, of course, <laughs> it's it's so perfectly placed there that like anytime I hear it, I have it. I it's tied to that, and then because just like the song, it's also foreshadowing, and that scene is very foreshadowing. Yes. So there's a connection there that clearly Tarantino must have thought about. You're gonna be reborn. Well, actually, Tarantino said that he picked up the record in Germany, the Urge Overkill version, and mm-hmm. the song just stuck in his head, and he was just, and he was just like, "All right," which is perfect. I think for it scene. works for the scene. That's what was perfect. Yeah, because it just Great. sticks in his head. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that and beyond that, man. I mean, it's just a. I don't know when you're about to do cocaine. It's really it's fucking always <laughs> Not heroin. Okay, got it. Uh, I, I want to hear this song not often. Um, that's a time, not a location. But like a like a like a surprise, like yeah, I, <laughs> like a I, nice surprise. I picked this song because I was I was at Lord Huron at the bowl or at the cemetery, Hollywood Cemetery, <laughs> and this song came on, and I was just like, ah, oh, it's a great song. I love Which hearing this right now. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good pick. Or like, in Pulp Fiction, or at a party, like you said, or but it always when someone else puts it on. I'm never gonna put this song on. Really? But mm. someone else putting it on. You should just put it on and dance in your bare feet sometime. Uh, and what boxers only or t-shirt only? Just, should I Winnie the Pooh it? Should I just Winnie the Pooh it when I'm dancing? After doing it? a full pot about it, I'll definitely put it on at some point. Oh yeah, for sure. Nice. That's a um, speaking about Winnie Winnie the Poohing it, let's slip under the influence and talk about the influences that you uh, hear in this song. Neil, what you got? Specifically, I think moving forward, um, stuff like I'm on Fire, Chris Isaac. Ah. Um, just those kind of like nice. yeah, very nice. dark, but... Uh, sultry. Sultry songs from a strong... Dangerous. Dangerous. Um, yeah. Dangerously but- innocent. <laughs> Like the sound, the western kind of surf sound, like um, Mazzy Star and stuff like that. Nice. Nice. That kind Very of, cool. Yeah. Like it. Johnny, what you got? It sounds like pulp. Like pulp, like, <laughs> like, 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 like crime novels. Ah. Like yeah, that kind well, of. Film noir, yeah, like a it's little very like film uh, fucking Elroy, very like well, yeah, comic book, Black Dahlia shit. Yeah, it's Pulp Fiction. Uh, uh, Chandler, Chandler, right. yeah. but it's but it's of but this song more than like like Jungle Boogie doesn't have that fucking vibe to it, right? <laughs> <laughs> this song, not just because it's associated with Pulp Fiction, but like the nature of the song, it's very a dramatic. What will they think? No, that's, that's, that's a, a great very, call. Yeah, it's yeah, a, what will they? It's, it's a whole, Raymond Chandler novel. It revolved like right in where the guys like at the seedy hotel in L.A. Yeah, and like exactly. the. Or Lolita, the song oh, yeah. <laughs> this is oh, Lolita. Oh fucking Christ! This is uh, actually, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I would say like you know we mentioned Sinatra, uh, Ten Pan Alley, uh, Paul Simon, contemporary like similar. Uh, I, I feel like Bowie took a little bit from this. Mm-hmm. Like I can feel Definitely. like his singing Place, there. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. see that. Um, Lou Reed. Uh, maybe it, it, there's a little pop. I mean, th- I never thought about Lou Reed and fucking yeah, Lou Reed. Reed for sure. Yeah, the talk fucking yeah mm-hmm. yeah. That's crazy. A, a little punk in there, too. Because he didn't give a fuck. He didn't give a fuck. He didn't care that she's not fuck. a woman yet. Yeah. I don't give a shit. He's take, here to help take with my the transition. Hand. Come take my hand. Oh, my Christ. Oh, man. Speaking of uh, come take my hand, let's uh, dip under the covers for a minute. <laughs> Just the tip. <laughs> take my tits. And talk about the covers of this song. Jonathan, how many uh, melted ice cream cones did you listen to (laughs) this week? I have two melting ice cream cones up. Oh, no. (laughs) What are you, a snake? I mean, mean, is the urge of a kill? Is it even? I mean, that's really the one. Uh, It's the one. That's the one. Yeah. I didn't didn't listen to it. (laughs) Neil, what you got? Um, well, I listened to a couple. There's a bunch on Spotify. This guy, um, Cliff Richard, did it right after him oh, in the so 60s. Bad. Yeah. It's, just a, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like, like a, the same it's thing. It's like a Motown on Speed it's version. Like just a poor man's version <laughs> of terrible. like a fine song. Um, um, I listened to this Rafferty version where it's like almost a slow synth kind no, of thing. That shit is like an Imagine Dragons meets yeah. Coldplay. It was cool. I'm, I mean, more power to him. And honestly, it's such a good it song. Imagine Dragons meets Coldplay doing fucking Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon. Imagine Coldplay. Imagine Coldplay <laughs> doing Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon. Sounds great. It's like Teflon. You can't yes. fuck with that. Um, <laughs> and one more. I listened to Bidu Orchestra. 
Um, it's almost like a hilarious disco lounge version. It's all it's like cha cha well, yeah, with the crooner. But, yeah. but the lyrics are still deadpan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, he he's like seriously crooning. Um, <laughs> that crooning is seriously serious. Crooning. Seriously crooning. Uh, I'll mention one more groovy waters. Oh, Which, waters? I, I, Five a, seconds. I it's out. a female uh, groovy? vocal, Groovy well, Waters. Uh, yes. Uh, wow. I'm going to name my child Groovy Waters Bond I, no, if I ever have a child. Living in Bel Air. I listened to <laughs> the first part of that, and as soon as she started singing, like a, a woman yeah. can't sing this song. Like, it's a not, girl could, though. It's not what I want to hear. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Speaking of girls, Neil, how does the shoe fit? It's like an old pair of cowboy boots, uh, kind of that have seen a lot of miles. Are they diamond studded? Uh, I was I was trying not to go there. <laughs> Are the diamonds on the soles? I don't know. They fit, but they got diamonds on the soles. Oh, um, keep, keeping it in the family with Tin Pan Alley right there. Um, but yeah, just uh, boots. Seen a lot of miles. Boots. <laughs> boots. Jonathan, how does the shoe fit? Uh, they definitely fit like bare feet on a fucking nicely polished splinter flea spit uh, nicely polished splinter god damn it splinter less or splinter lee splinter free wood floor <laughs> splinter, splinter free splinter free splinter free are you, ta- are you talking ninja turtles splinter talking, free I'm splinter talking free talking ninja turtle blues i'm gonna say it fits like a dirty shoe that's pretty <laughs> oh my god is it gonna be a boot oh soon? my god you mean it feels like the shoe the motherfucker is wearing from the first season of true detective <laughs> that's exactly what it, it's a dirty shoe that's pretty pretty the dirty shoe that's pretty somehow the dirtier it is the prettier it is it's just the sheer purtiness of oh, oh my god and on that note <laughs> This. Our cover of Neil Diamond's oh, Girl, Sister, You'll Be a Woman Soon. Girl, you'll be a woman soon. I love you so much, can't count all the ways I die for you, girl, and all that can say he's not your kind. They never get tired of putting me down And I never know when I come around What I'm gonna find Don't let them make up your mind Don't you know, girl You'll be a woman soon Come take my hand I've been misunderstood for all of my life But what they're saying, girl, just cuts like a knife The boy's no good I finally found what I've been looking for But if they get a chance, they'll end it for sure Sure they would Baby, I've done all I could It's up to you, girl You'll be a woman Come 
emptied my hand cover you just heard was performed by josh bond and neil marsh thanks for listening to pod gave rock and roll to you if you like what you heard please subscribe and give us a good rating on apple or spotify or wherever you listen if you'd like to reach out to us you can find us on twitter and instagram under the handle at pod gave rock next week is jonathan's week what are we going to be talking about uh, we're going to do the ray charles tune hallelujah i love her so can't wait <laughs>